Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. All right, so we are in our sixth week of Fierce. We haven't done very many six-week series lately, but I definitely thought this one was worth extending because we have now had two evangelists speak to us in this series, and honestly, that's what it's all been about. We've been talking mostly about Paul throughout this series and just how fierce his faith and evangelism was, and I think that's where God is leading us as a church as well. So today our our guest speaker has been with us multiple times now. Many of you will know him as somebody who's passionate about the next generation and about reaching people for Jesus. So it's my prayer this morning that you catch a little bit of that too. I hope that you're furiously taking notes. I'm going to be taking notes on fv.church slash sermon notes so you can refresh that page every once in a while and see all of my notes. I hope that you get some of this spirit in you this morning. So please join me in welcoming evangelist Aaron Holt. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? You're glad to be in church, aren't you? Let's go. Come on. And I know a bunch of you are joining us online, and if you're online, we are just so glad that you're joining us that way. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I even, I, I didn't realize until I walked in this morning that you were calling this Welcome Home Sunday, but I'm glad to be home because I always feel like the FB family is a part of my extended family, right? And so glad to be home. Uh, look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor, say neighbor. Come on, talk to him like you like him. I know we've been... I know we've been doing social distancing for a while now, but you chose to sit by him. Say, neighbor, I'm glad you sat by me this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at, look at your other neighbor. Look at your other, say, other, other neighbor. It's an honor that you chose to sit by me. Yeah, just tell him. Just tell, tell him right now. Just tell him I'm the best neighbor you're ever gonna sit by in church, right? Right? And uh, man, if you're if you're online right now, go ahead and just drop a hello or welcome home in the chat because we're glad that you're joining us that way as well. Um, you know, Pastor Candace, I was I I looked at my calendar real quick to see when the last time I was here, and it was like the Sunday before the world went crazy. Like it, I mean, it was. So I was like, wait a second, does that mean that everything that happened is my fault? Or does that mean it, does that mean it's Gettysburg's fault? Like, I don't know. I don't, oh, neither, obviously. But I was just thinking like, wow, so much has changed in our world and in our lives. And, uh, and for, for our family, the Holt family, uh, so much has changed as well because from that moment, the last time I was here until now, we have, uh, here, here's been a, a, a little glimpse of what's been going on in the Holt family. In addition to, to COVID and everything that we've gone through and quarantines and everything like that, um, our, our oldest son was married. So we had a COVID wedding, right? Um, our oldest daughter graduated from high school. Um, one of our dogs, big dogs, real dogs. I won't say that joke because you all know that joke, but if your dog's not over 50 pounds, it's not actually a dog. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I just did the joke again. I just, I, I can't share. Uh, but one, one of our dogs passed away. So, oh, okay. Um, and then, and then my wife had appendicitis and then we sold our house and then we moved to Pittsburgh. So now we're on the other side of the state. So, all of that during COVID, right? We're like, yeah, we got this. We got, look at your neighbor and say, you got this. I mean, it, it's been a wild, wild ride, right? For, for all of us. And so a lot has changed. And I think we're all just uh, trying to focus on doing um, the right thing. But how many of you have had this moment, this experience in your life, maybe multiple times, but, but you, you think 
that you're making all the right choices and doing all the right things, yet you still didn't get what you thought you were supposed to get. Anybody with me? Right? It's like, it's like, I, wait, I, I thought I, I made the right decision. I made the right choice and, and it didn't produce what I thought it was going to produce. Right? Everybody or almost everybody that's ever gone on a diet has felt this way. Have you not? Right? Like, like, like you went on a diet, you went on keto, like two weeks, and you were like on the, you were like, this is like amazing, and then nothing happened. And then like one of your friends goes on it for like three days, and they're like, bro, this is amazing. I lost 30 pounds in three days. And you're like, all I did was eat 30 pounds of bacon in two weeks. That's all, you know, which isn't bad, by the way. That's actually, you know, um, like you do the right thing. You're, you're like, you're making all the right choices. All of the single people know what I'm talking about right now, right? Like you've made all the right decisions and still like, like that person hasn't come along. Where's my single people at? Just raise, raise your hand, raise your hand. Yep. Okay. Just, just keep it up. Keep it up. Go ahead. Keep it up. Go ahead. Look around real quick. Make awkward eye contact with one another. You know, just, you never know. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I'm just, you know, but like you, you made all the right choices. You like make all the right decisions and like, and, and you're still like in this moment or this season that you're like, this isn't really where I wanted to be, right? And you're coming to church and you're doing all the right thing and, you know, and, and then and then all of a sudden like that new girl rolls up into church and she's talking to your man. And you're like, but, but that's my Boaz. I've been waiting. Like, you know, I just, you know, I'm just, we get frustrated, you know, I like, like stuff happens in life and, and, and it's like, and it's like, I didn't think this is the way it was going to turn out, right? I, you know, every pastor in America was excited in December of 2019 for their 2020 vision January sermon series, right? Like we were all just like, this is going to be the year of vision. And, and it just hasn't turned out the way we thought it was going to turn out. I was like, we're all there. That's my point. We're all, we're all in these moments in life. And, and especially in this year, we're, we're there in this season, in this time frame. It's like, this didn't really work out the way that I thought it was going to work out. Right. I mean, if you just scroll back real quick and you think about like, like, like when everything first hit, you know, it was like 15 days, just 15 days, 15 days of quarantine. And so you're like, all right, I can do this. You ran to the store and you brought like 1600 rolls of toilet paper. Cause you know, you're the one who caused the crisis in our country. Okay. Right. And, and you, and you, and you picked out like 12 different Netflix series. And you were like, this, this is okay. Like, this is going to be all right. And about 150 days later, you're like, this did not turn out the way that I thought it was going to turn out. We've all been there. And when we get to the end of the book of Acts, and, and you've been studying Paul, and you've been hearing a bunch of different messages in this sermon series on fears, right? When you get to the end of the book of Acts, 28 chapters of the book of Acts, when you get to right around chapter 27, things are going the wrong direction for the Apostle Paul, the great and mighty Apostle Paul, the most famous and profound writer of the New Testament. He's wrote over half of the New Testament. Things could seemingly not get any worse for the man of God who seemingly has done everything perfectly right, right? So I'll give you context real quick, and then we're going to pick up and we'll read a couple verses together. We're going to jump in at Acts chapter 27, right around verse 21. You can go ahead and get there in advance um, with your Bible or uh, on your app, or if you're at home, grab whatever you need, and that's what we're going to read in just a moment. But, but Paul, earlier in the book of Acts, right around Acts chapter 20, Paul had decided that he needed to go to Rome. Because in, in that context, historically speaking, Rome was the capital. Rome was the most influential city and place in the world. And Paul, with great motivation, mind you, Paul wanted to preach in Rome. 
He wanted to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to Rome, and so he felt like God had given him the green light to go, and so he made plans accordingly. Uh, all of a sudden, just a couple chapters later, he finds himself on a boat as a prisoner for a crime that he didn't commit. He's done all the right things, but he's found himself in seemingly all of the wrong situations. And Paul's just a little frustrated here. And, and so here's what happens. Acts chapter 27, uh, right before Paul says this to all of the soldiers and sailors and other prisoners on the boat, there's been a, a days and days and days of storms. They've thrown cargo overboard. They're doing everything they can to save the ship from it being wrecked and marooned. And, and, and so here's what Paul says. After this has gone on for a while, Paul says this. No, listen to the first frustration. Listen to the frustration. He says, after they had gone a long time without food. Okay, just stop there because every man in the room knows exactly what I'm feeling like right now. It's like, it's like, wait a second. Like, yeah, I'm frustrated. I've been up here a whole minute with nothing to eat. That's what Paul's saying, right? Right. Paul stood up before them and he said this, men, you should have taken my advice to not sail from Paul's incredibly spiritual, but apparently he's not too spiritual to say, I told you so. <laughs> right? And, 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 and he's referencing earlier in this narrative where he had said to the captain of the boat, we shouldn't sail right now. The weather's going to turn bad and we need to stay in port. And of course, the captain of the boat's like, bro, you're a preacher. <laughs> like, just keep it to yourself. And they, they take off nonetheless. And now they find themselves in this terrible situation. And Paul says to them, you should have taken my advice. And not sailed from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and this loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. That doesn't sound too encouraging, does it? <laughs> it's like, hey guys, we're gonna lose the boat. You're gonna lose everything, right? Right? It's all gonna just, hey, we're going in the water. But, but Paul's like, he's trying to encourage them in this moment, right? And, and then he goes on and this is what he says. He says, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong, and whom I served stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So, so here's what Paul's trying to say, right? Just let me, let me paraphrase this right. Paul's trying to say, y'all are lucky that I'm on your boat. Because this boat's not going down because I'm on the boat, right? I mean, I mean, this, this is like, this is like, this is like you saying to, to your neighbor, like any boat that I'm on is a good boat. Like you should be glad that you are sailing with me in tow because if I'm with you, then it's going to be okay. That, that's what Paul's saying here, right? Then finish this section right here, right? He says, so keep your courage up, men, for I have faith in God. Say that with me. For I have faith in God. Say it again. For I have faith in, now come on, say it like you actually have it. For I have faith in God. Yeah, right, right. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Paul's fierce faith in the midst of circumstances that just don't make any sense at all. So th th there's two things in the text here. One I already kind of pulled, pulled out, and Paul's frustrated. I mean, he's, he's, just, he, he's, he's feeling that very human emotion of, I did everything right, <laughs> and I'm still on a ship that is destined to be destroyed. I, I've made all the right choices here. I've made all the right decisions, and things still didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. So, so we see his frustration. In fact, I think you probably can feel his frustration. But he also is talking about faith. He's saying, I have faith. I have faith in God. Now, now, this is where it gets a little confusing for us because, because 
I think that Paul's not only trying to teach the men on the boat, but he's also many, many thousands of years later is trying to help you and I understand that faith allows us to think beyond our own human reasoning. That faith allows us to move, and I'm going to give you, there's kind of three different things here that we can, different truths here that we can, that we can extract from the text here. But faith allows us to move from a place of reason to a place of revelation. And, and you and I love, because we're humans, this is what we do. We, we love to live in the place of reason. What's that, what, what does that sound like? Well, that just doesn't make sense, right? When, when, you're, when you're dealing with a situation, well, but I, I did this, and A, B should always equal this right here. And, and if I make these decisions, then it should turn out with these kind of results. And if I sow this, then I should reap this. That's reason. That's reason. We, we've, we've had a lot of reasoning in 2020, haven't we? Uh, uh, hey, hey, if we just shut it down for 15 days, everything's going to be okay. That's reasoning. Right? That's, I mean, that's all that is. It's, it's just one person's best guess. Right? So Paul's trying to help us move. He says, I, I want you to move from a place of reason to a place of revelation. And, and this is where you hear Paul in the text saying, you, you should have done this. It would have made more sense if we had stayed in port at Crete. But now we're moving to a place of revelation because I have faith. When I, when I was a, um, a junior high kid growing up, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time. We grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, I used to go out and play basketball after school with my youth pastor all the time. Now, listen, all you, you know, young people out there, like this is before the day and age where there was cell phones and you could just shoot a text to your mom and be like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with pastor so-and-so or I'm going to go play ball with the guys or whatever. It's, it's like you, you had to go to like these things. Um, they called them a pay phone. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these things before, but it's actually like a phone in the middle of a street with a little box around it. And you had to use a thing called a quarter or a coin and put it, all right? As some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Yeah, I understand. Um, and so I, I typically, I would always find a way to communicate to my parents what I was going to do and where I was going. This day, I just didn't think it mattered. Like, I was just like, it doesn't really matter. They, I mean, they just know. They, I do this all the time. And so I, I rolled out after school and I went out with my youth pastor and we were playing ball. And we're just at a park. We're just hanging out, having, playing ball. I had, I never told my parents where they're at. So my mom and dad are home and the bus never shows up. And they're like, what's going on? And they call the bus company. And the bus company's like, yeah, he never got on the bus. They're like, what's happened? They call the school. They're like, I don't know. He, I mean, he was here at school today. They go to the school. They're, they're, they're thinking like, where, where's he at? They go walking through the school building trying to find me. Can't find me anywhere. They go driving all over the place. They don't know. They're calling all their friends. You know, not, they don't know. They don't know. Hours later, my parents are sitting home now, just worried out of their mind. I come rolling into the house and I'm all like sweaty and nasty and I got my basketball and I'm just like, hey, what's up? You know, I was like, you know, and, and, and my dad's like, where were you? And I was like, whoa, I was like, I was, I was playing basketball with Pastor Rick, man. I was playing ball and he's, you, you didn't tell us, right? And I just, I just happened to be in one of these modes. All you young people, like, there's a little lesson here for you. Like, you know, don't talk back to your parents whenever they think that you just ran away or that you almost died. Just like, just not, just not <laughs> And I was just like, well, what does it matter? I was just playing ball, right? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why Why do I even need to tell you? Like, you already know what I'm going to do. What am I? I'm making an argument from reason. And, and and my dad, my dad's sitting there all of a sudden thinking like, like, I'm going to give you a revelation. And like the spirit of Star Wars came all over him. And he's like, boy, I am your father, right? Let me give you a revelation of who I am right now. And, and, and all I remember from this moment forward is that, that I was on one side of the dining room table and he was on the other side and he was trying to catch me. And I just kept going the opposite direction, whichever way he came, you know, because I had a brand new revelation of who he was. 
Now, now, now listen to me. Listen to me. Freedom Valley Church, listen. Those of you that are online right now listening, right? Right? You're, you are in a season of great reasoning in our country. And everyone has what they think is the right answer, what they think is the right timeline, what they think is the right solution. But what if what God's trying to do in your heart, and what if what God's trying to do in my heart, and what if what God's trying to do in the American church is give us a fresh revelation of who our Heavenly Father is, and give us a fresh understanding of who God is and what He might be up to and what He's trying to do in the midst of a difficult season. Paul says to the sailors, it's okay. I got a revelation. The God that I serve, an angel of the God that I serve, he stood beside me. And yet even in the midst of that, and you see this in, the, in this narrative and in this text, and even in the midst of that, I'm going to guess in your life, and I know it's true in my life, there's still moments where I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm, but I'm afraid. But I'm afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm 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 fearful. You know, this, this, this thought hit me the other day. I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about, about, about how on one hand, we're supposed to be people of faith, right? People of great faith, right? People, people that have enough faith and revelation to, to even bypass or overlook what might be considered by some to be sound reasoning, but it's okay. Your reasoning doesn't have to match up to the revelation that I got. And so, so we can, we can look at it and say, yeah, faith, but, but fear on the other hand, I was thinking about these two things, these two things that seem so diametrical one to another. And I realize this, both fear and faith ask you and I to believe in something that you can't see. Both of them. I mean, if there's anything they have in common, that's probably the greatest common denominator. Fear, faith. They both ask me to choose, will you believe in something that you can't see? This is what the sailors are being asked to do by Paul. And this is in your season, trust me. As a church family, right here, right here in Gettysburg, right? Those of you that are watching online in your church, in your community, you're being asked by your heavenly father, will you allow him to give you a fresh revelation of who he is and what he's up to? And yes, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. You can't see where it's all going. You can't see what it's all about. But God says, if you'll let me give you a revelation, a fresh revelation, I'll help you overcome all of your reasonings that are birthed and rooted in fear. Paul, Paul's trying to help them out. And, 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 and the soldiers, I mean, in the narrative, and again, you and I do this too, but we get stuck and we're like, well, but why? I just need to know why. Some of you are like little junior high Aaron where you're just like, but why? Like, I don't have a problem going to the payphone and calling you, but, but I'm not one of those kind of people that can just do something because I'm supposed to do it. Like, I need a reason for it. Why? So God, why did you allow 2020 to happen the way 2020 happened? Put it in, put it in your world. Why did you allow my dad to walk out on me? Why did you allow my husband or my wife to walk out on me? Why? God, God, why? Why? Why, why did you allow the job to be over? Why did you allow me to be late? Why did you allow me to go into economic despair? Why? Why? Why did you allow this sickness, this disease to happen? In my body. And, and you know what? Oftentimes, here's what I've discovered in, in my life. Maybe, maybe this will encourage you. What I've discovered oftentimes in my life is that many times it doesn't matter why. What matters is who. Now, let me just double click on that thought for you for a second and help you understand it. Okay? You can get hung up in why, and that's the place of reason. Or you can refocus your attention to who, and that's the place of revelation. Revelation. 
And here's what I've learned about the challenges that you and I face in life. Whatever the reason why, all that really matters is whose hands it went through before it got to me. Because there's no experience that you and I have gone through in life that has not passed through the hands of God before it got to you. And I'm not saying that that means God did it to you. I'm just saying that before he allowed it to happen in your life, he assigned a reason and a purpose to it that you will only discover if you allow the revelation of who he is in your life to be revealed to you. There's When your tragedies and when your struggles And when your pain, when it finally gets to you, you can know this. This is the revelation side, not the reasoning side. You can know this, that your heavenly father assigned a purpose to the pain that you might be experiencing in life right now. And if you see it and you see the revelation of it, all of a sudden you begin to realize, well, God's up to something different here. God's doing something. I'm uncomfortable. I'm in pain. I'm confused, but God's doing something here. I got to see the revelation. And faith helps me move from reason to revelation. Back to the text here. Now now we're in chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. And here's what happens. The, the boat is falling apart. And now they've made it to shore. And it says this. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Everyone say Malta. Malta. Yeah, it means refuge, right? That, that's, what, that's what it actually means, the word. The islanders showed up or showed us unusual kindness. And they built a fire, and they welcomed us all because it was raining and it was cold. All right, all right, just backtrack here real quick. So Paul's on a ship that he shouldn't be on uh, for a crime that he didn't commit, right? Now the ship has fallen apart. He hasn't eaten. He was in a shipwreck. He was in the water. It's cold. He's shivering. He finds himself marooned on a desert island somewhere. No, this is not a very vicious version of the game Survivor, right? (laughs) Right. There's no camera crew there. Um, and but Paul's there. And so Paul's just like, again, put yourself in Paul's world. Paul's thinking, what is going on right now? I'm supposed to go to Rome because I'm supposed to preach. He finds himself on an island called Malta. A place where he never wanted to be. Have you ever been there? Have you ever visited Malta? Have you ever been in that season that you really never saw coming? That situation that you never really wanted to take place. That year that you never really wanted to live. You're living in it right now, aren't you? <laughs> right? Have you ever been to Malta? Yeah, we all have. Paul, Paul's on Malta and, and things don't seem to be going well. It would be easy for Paul to get miserable in Malta. Right? We could make a movie out of that. It'd be like a sequel to Sleepless in Seattle or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> right? Miserable in Malta. The Apostle Paul shows up in the middle of a desert. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, but it could be easy. Here's what happens in Malta, right? The first, the first thing that happens in verse three and four, read along with me. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, he's, he's just trying to be a nice guy right now. He's trying to get warm. As he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself to his hand. That's just graphic. I mean, I mean, it's not like he got, it doesn't say he got bit. It's like, it like, it's like dangling there, right? It's like, it's like, oh man, fastened itself to his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. You know, people will always try to assign reasons for why you go through what you go through. 
You know, I mean, they might tell, not tell you what it is, but that's why you got to watch out for people because because there are people that will always look at what you've experienced in life and try to assign some reason for why you went through what, well, they must have. Well, you know, they were always kind of like that. Well, you know, that's probably justice in their life. People, people always trying to judge you that way. And so here's Paul. He's the greatest apostle and church planner to ever live, yet he's being prematurely judged by some islanders who've never met him before, and they're like, yo, that dude's going to die. That, that dude, he deserved it. That's what they said about you. You deserved it. Man, if I was, if I had been married to her, I would have done that. I mean, that you deserved it. Like, if they had worked for me, I'd have gotten rid of them too. You deserved it. Everyone wants to assign blame. They all want to assign reason to it, right? And so, so Paul's standing there, and he's got a viper hanging over him. And let's read on the text. Now, now this, this next part I'm going to read, this isn't, this actually isn't in your version of the Bible. This is just my version of the Bible. It's, it's the TSV. It's called the Taylor Swift version. Um, Come on, go back to me. Go back to 2014 with me real quick. Cause Paul says, Paul says this. He said, players gonna play, 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 and haters gonna hate. What am I? I'm just gonna shake, 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 right? And, but you know what? Maybe not the best theology, right? But listen, there are times in your life where that's exactly what you have to do. Where you have to have enough fresh revelation and who God is in your life and what he's doing in your life that you say, you know what? I'm just going to shake it off. I'm just going to shake off the poison before it gets to my heart. I'm going to shake off the bitterness before it destroys me. I'm going to shake off the unforgiveness before I ruin everything that I've worked hard for in all of my relationships. I'm just simply going to shake it off. You Listen, you know there are people that are looking at you in church right now and they're surprised that you made it. They're surprised that you're here. You know, there are people in our world today, and Pastor Candace, they're surprised that your church is still open. They're like, wow, they're still going for it. But look at you. Look at you in church on Welcome Home Sunday. Look at you worshiping God. Go ahead and give yourself an applause right now. Go ahead and drop a fire emoji in the chat for yourself right now. Because you're still here after all you've lost, after all you've gone through in 2020, after all that has set us, been set aside to take you out. You're still here worshiping God. You're still here praising God. You're still here shaking it off and saying, go ahead, devil. Hit me with your best shot. Paul just shakes it off. Now, this is this is amazing because here's what happens next. We'll go back to the text real quick. It says, Paul shook off the snake in the fire, and, and he suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up and turn into a walker. Some of you, you didn't totally miss that joke. It was actually good. It's kind of an old show now, but it's okay. You go back on Netflix, okay? Suddenly, they, they expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and they said he was a god. This is people. <laughs> Paul goes from being a goner to a god. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, like Paul goes from being doomed to divinity. <laughs> like, I mean, within minutes. Within minutes now, basically. See, this is why you don't live for the approval of other people. Because people are fickle. Because they're going to change your mind. Because one moment they love you and they think that you're amazing, and the next moment they're like, oh, he's not, he's not all that. On, on in the text, on in the text. There was an estate nearby, and it belonged to a man named Publius. Everyone say Publius. Yes. It, it must have been like, like most popular baby names in you know, the first century. I don't know. Publius, right? 
the chief official of the island, that was who, who Publius was. He welcomed us to his home and he showed us generous hospitality for three days and his father was sick in bed and suffering from fever and dysentery. Now here's where I think Paul starts to connect the dots. This is where I think Paul starts to like get, get, get a deeper level of revelation of what God's up to in this moment. Because again, if you're Paul, what you're thinking is, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be miserable in Malta right now, right? I, I, I got a mission and, and where I should be is I should be headed to Rome. I should have been there already. This is, this is messing up the timeline, right? I was supposed to already have the job. I was supposed to already get the promotion. I was supposed to already be married. I was supposed to already be a parent and have kids. We were supposed to already overcome that. We were supposed to already be out of debt and then 2020 hit. We were supposed to already be at this level in our business, but now we're way behind and we're not even sure we're going to recover. And all of a sudden, Paul has enough faith. This is the second point I want to just kind of extract out of the text and try to apply to your life. Faith allows you to move from misery to mission. Faith allows you to move from misery to mission. Now, if we're being honest, we've had some pretty miserable months and days and weeks and year here in 2020, right? I mean, there's just, there's just been some stuff that's going on. And for some of you, it's been even heavier than maybe others because you, you've had all sorts of personal things that have taken place in your life and it's easy to get miserable. And if you were doing, and if I were doing a minute by minute play by, Right? Like, like, like play by play, just talking about what happened in 2020, you'd probably come to a pretty low rating of this year, wouldn't you? There are uh, some authors, uh, Dan and, and Chip Heath, they did this interesting study. This, they write about it in a book called The Power of Moments, right? It's a secular book, but they did this study, um, and, and they called this study, uh, let me sure I can say it right, peak end theory. And, and here's what peak end theory revealed to them that you and I as people, genuinely, gen- genuinely, uh, uh, generally speaking, that's what I'm trying to say. Generally speaking, you and I, when we're recounting moments or experiences that we have, we look at the peaks, either high or low. We look at the, e- either the extreme good or the extreme bad. Or we, we look at the mountaintop or we look at the valley. But, but we tend to allow those peaks to be so powerful in our memory that we forget minute by minute. Here's how they did their test. They took families to Disney World. How many of y'all ever been to Disney World? Ever been to Disney World? How many of you are like, I never want to go back? That's me. That's why my hands... Okay. Yeah, I, I have a friend who loves Disney World so much he has a countdown on his phone for the next time he gets to go. I'm like, bro, you need help. <sighs> I've only ever been there once. I never really want to go back. I hope my daughters aren't watching right now. I'm not taking you. I love you. I'm not taking... Okay. Um, so they, 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 they took these families to Disney World and they had them record ratings for their experiences in Disney World on a minute-by-minute basis. And the average rating from 1 to 10, 10 being the best, the average rating, the highest rating was a 1.7. Because if you rate Disney World minute by minute, you're like, oh, it's so hot. Negative. Oh, they just charged me $7,000 for a bottle of water. Lots of negativity. You know, oh, the lines are so long. Negative. Oh, I tried to get a selfie with Mickey and he ran away from me. Now I'm hurt and offended. I mean, this, 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 this is, I mean, if you do it by minute by minute, but, but then when they took a, a different set of families and they had them rate their experiences afterwards, they tended to think about the peaks. They tended to think about the peaks, the really, really good and the really, really bad. Now, now this is true for you and I in 2020. This is true for you and I in the way that we're living. This is true for Paul on the island of Malta. 
hey, am I going to look at life minute by minute? Or am I going to step back, get allow faith to give me a fresh revelation of what God's doing, and then be able to turn my misery into mission in this moment? We, we, get, we get stuck in the minutia. We get stuck in the little moments, and we're just, oh, this is all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. You, you know, in my, I, mentioned, I mentioned some of the peak moments in the Holt family in 2020, right? In the middle of COVID, man, our son got married. It was amazing. We had to uninvite 138 people to the wedding. <laughs> that wasn't fun. No one ever wants to call your parents and say, hey, you're not allowed to come to your grandson's wedding. It's a bad phone call, right? But, but you walk away, and what do you remember? You remember the mountaintop. Right, you 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 could you could look at the minute by minute play play by play of my daughter in her in her last year of school, and you could say, oh man, that was hard. You lost prom, and you lost you know your senior class trip, and you lost like a real graduation service, and we had to do something different. But but then you look at the the peak, and you say, man, that was incredible. We're so proud of you. This is life for every single one of us. Here's what I'm trying to say: Don't be too quick to judge your Malta. Don't be too quick. To judge 2020. Don't, don't, don't be, don't, don't, don't pull the trigger too fast. Because I mean, some of us, I mean, we've been saying it online now for months. Like, can we just be over with this year? Can we just do a reboot? Can we just move on to 21 already? Like, like, can we just forget this, this ever happened? Don't be too quick to judge your Malta. Don't get stuck in a, in a minute by minute play by, play by play of Malta. Paul didn't see it coming. Paul had no intention of Malta. We didn't see 2020 coming. We had no intention of ever going through this. But God says, I'm going to give you a fresh revelation. And, and, and he, he, here's the truth. If it was up to you, and if it was up to me, we would have prayed our way out of 2020 already, wouldn't we? Come on. And we would have. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's what some, some, some pastors and preachers were saying. Hey, man, let's just pray. Let's just fast. This thing will be over in like a week. We'd, and if it were up to you in different seasons and difficult moments of your life, you would have prayed your way out of Malta in a heartbeat. You would have said, man, just like put the beacon out, make the SOS on the beach, set the fire, let the rescue helicopter come over, like get us out, get me out of this season, get me off of my Malta because I'm miserable. And all of a sudden, Paul discovers, wait a second, wait a second, there's a, there's a mission here. We, we get, we get, we get stuck in our Malta because we don't know how it ends. Now, God already does. You know, you know, some of you have been praying for opportunities in your life. And the only thing that's holding you back from actually receiving those opportunities from God is for you to actually be faithful in the current Malta that you're living in. But you, because, but you can't see how it ends. And so you want to give up on it. It's like, it's like the first time I sat down with my son Caleb many, many years ago to watch Rocky Four. The best of all of the Rocky movies, right? Without, without doubt. I had already seen the movie, so I already knew how it ended. He started getting worried about the end of round three because Rocky was just like taking a beating. I'm like, I already, I already know. I already know how to, and, and listen, a revelation of your heavenly father allows you to not just move from reason to revelation, but allows you to move from misery to mission where you understand God's got something for me in this Malta season called 2020. God's got something for Freedom Valley Church right here in Gettysburg in this season that we don't understand. We don't know how it's going to end. We don't even know if it's going to end at this point, right? But we have to have a revelation that says, God, you've got something for me. Last couple verses here, we're almost done. Then we get to verse number eight, and it says, Paul went in to see him. Now, remember what had just happened. 
Paul's sitting there at the dinner table. He's in Publius's house. He's, he's the island official. Uh, I guess that means he's in charge of the island. I don't know. He, he sits there in Publius's house, and he notices an old man, an older man, who is sick. And he just asks, well, who's that? And Publius says, well, that's, that's my father. He's been sick. And, you know, he's, has, has, the text says that he has dysentery, which um, in that context and in that culture, that's, that was deadly, much more deadly than we would view it here in American culture, especially in the 20th century, right? Uh, and, and I did, this is just how I see it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm like over-exaggerating the text, but I just kind of see like Paul just kind of sitting there and he asks the question and they give him the answer to the question, who, who the older gentleman is and what his sickness is. And, and Paul just like, I just think he just starts to smile. I, I mean, I just think like the revelation is becoming clear in this moment. Paul's just kind of like, he's having a little conversation with himself and God. And he's kind of like, okay, I get it. Okay. I'm, I'm with you now, Holy Spirit. I, I know what's going on. See, I thought, I thought you just wanted me to preach in Rome. And I thought that you just wanted me to do in Rome what I always did in Jerusalem when I was preaching there. But now, I, now I realize that you have a mission for me on Malta. And then we get to the verse number eight here, and it says, Paul went in to see him, and after prayer, he placed his hands on him, and he healed him. Now, now here, here's the last point, right? I pray that this just really ministers to you, helps you dial in on this difficult season that you've been through as a church, helps build up some fierce faith within you. Faith helps you move from reason to revelation. Faith helps you move from misery to mission. Here's the last one. Faith helps you move from pain to provision. It, it, it sounds kind of normal when you just read the story. You're like, oh, of course, it's the Apostle Paul. Of course, you know, he just raised up and put his hand on him and he just healed him. No big deal. And, and then when you go back and you read the story again and you go back and you read it again, and you go back and you read it again, all of a sudden you start to look at the facts and you're like, wait, 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 wait a second. So listen, so the same hand, the same hand on the same arm that just minutes before or days before had a viper on it, the same part of Paul that was deeply wounded now becomes the very thing through which the provision of miraculous power flows. Listen, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to help you understand in the midst of one of the most challenging seasons that the church has ever experienced and that maybe you've ever experienced in your life. In the midst of great pain, there's the opportunity for God to say, I'll use that pain to provide miraculous power in your life and through your life. I'll use that persecution to produce power within you. I'll use that pain to produce power and purpose within you. You thought you were just miserable and stuck and lost on Malta, but I had a mission for you. You thought you were just closed down as a church, but God said, no, 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 no. I have a mission for you, Freedom Valley. You thought you were just quarantined in your house and you found out all of a sudden God's like, no, 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 no. I've got a mission for you. You, you know, you know what happened here? You know, there's a shift in Paul because all of a sudden Paul goes from being the guy who's doomed to divinity because he survives the snake bite. Then he lays hands on Publius's father, who then is healed, and then a revival breaks out on the island. And for the next three months, this is what the rest of the text says, for the next three months, Paul preaches revival to the islanders, and dozens and dozens and dozens of people experience salvation and healing from their sicknesses. Paul thought he was getting ready for a shipwreck and God was just positioning him for a revival to break out. 
See, maybe you thought it's over. Maybe you thought the church is going to be doomed and cursed and closed up over this. Maybe you thought your faith wouldn't help you to survive 2020. Maybe you thought you were marooned and miserable on Malta and shipwrecked. And God's like, no, 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 no. Just get a revelation of what I'm doing in your life. Just get a reminder of the mission that I have for you. Just see how I'm going to provide for you. See how I've positioned you, not for a wreck in 2020, but for a revival. I positioned you as a church for something completely different than what you thought or what you could see. Paul says, listen, my faith is not going to allow me to be a victim on Malta, but I'm going to be a victor. I'm going to be completely different. And that's what faith does for you. Listen to me. Apply this to your life, friend. This will help you. We don't know how long this whole thing is going to last, but apply this to your life. Apply this to your relationships. Apply this to your job. Apply this to going back to school, young person, college student. Apply this to your life. It's okay if you don't understand it all. Faith moves you from reasoning to revelation. It's okay when you go through difficult seasons called Malta because faith moves you from misery to refocusing on your mission. And it's not easy and no one likes it, but when you go through pain, just remember that faith will move you from pain to provision here in this room right here those of you that are watching online would you just bow your heads those of you watching online just bow your heads kind of posture yourself in a place where where you can kind of focus on maybe what the Holy Spirit is saying directly to you you're here in this room and you're seated and eyes are closed but you're here and you just want to give you an opportunity to respond I want to give you an opportunity to respond those of you that are watching online as well but you're here and you just say you know what Pastor Aaron I just need my faith to be strengthened in this season I'm feeling weak I'm feeling so tired. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling a little miserable. There's things that are confusing that I don't understand. I'm, I'm feeling some pain right now. And I just need my faith to be fierce. I just need my faith to be stronger. It's okay. It's okay to just have a moment of honesty. It's okay to just have a moment where you say, that's me. If, if you're watching online right now, would you just be maybe bold enough to just even in that chat right now say, that's me. Th that's me. I need more faith. Maybe even drop a, a prayer in the chat. God, just give me more faith. God, increase my faith in this moment. Increase my faith. God, make my faith stronger than my fear. For those of you that are here in the room right now, and you say, that's me, Pastor. And I just, I just need my faith to be stronger. This has been hard. But I need my faith to be stronger. I just want to know who you are because I want to pray for you real quick. And you say, that's me. I need that. Well, just lift a, slip a hand up real quick. Just hold it up. Just hold it up. Just hold it up. Wherever. Yeah, this is a bunch. Man, I'm, I'm, my hand's up. My hand's up too. Come on. Come on, all across this room, those of you that are here, would you stand real quick? Those of you that are watching online, everybody stand, not just those that raise their hands. Those of you that are watching online, if you're watching with somebody, would you kind of maybe get in a quiet spot where the two of you can pray together? Those of you that are online and, and those of you that are here in this room, if you feel comfortable, would you just lift both hands to heaven right now? Come on. We'll just lift both hands to heaven. Let me pray for you. Pastor's going to come back in a moment. He'll give more instruction, but let me, let me just pray for you. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now. I pray that you'll begin even in this moment. Those of you that are here in this room, those that are watching online right now that are praying along with us, God, I just pray, God, God, would you lift our eyes? Would you lift our eyes to the heavens right now? Would you lift our eyes to the heavenly Father? Give us a fresh revelation of who you are. You're our heavenly Father. You are for us. You are good God and you do good things. You are for us. You are with us. And if you're for us, who can be against us? And so God, would you, would you lighten our burden? Would you lift our spirits? 
God, may we lift our countenance to you in this moment and have a fresh revelation of who you are. Strengthen our faith, God. God, for those of us that have lost sight of the mission, Lord, God, I pray that, that we'd have an encounter maybe today, right now in this moment, maybe sometime later in this week, maybe sitting right in our home and in our car as we're listening. But God, may we just have a fresh vision and revelation of your plans and your purposes. Lord, your word says in Jeremiah 1.5, Lord, that before we were born, you set us apart, Lord. So God, we're believing that God, this church and many others and these people, God, we'd be set apart for your purposes. Do that deep work in hearts right now. And God, for those that are listening, those that are in the room, those that are online, those that are just feeling that sense of pain, Lord, God, I pray that you'll turn their pain into a mighty microphone. I pray you'll turn it into something that shouts loud the goodness of God in their life. I pray that you'll turn that pain into a place of miraculous provision for their life, for their family, for their friends, for their employers, for their school, Lord God. God, do that work. Do that deep work in our heart, I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, Pastor. Come on, give us some instruction here. Yeah, come on, guys. Uh, a revelation will look different for each person receiving it. And it'll call you to action that is different than the person standing near you. But you still need to respond to that revelation of God. If you need to make a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, if, if, if when he said that, that, that resonated with you, that, that following him, that, that, that new life that you need, you've been, you've been lost for so long, your life has felt like a shipwreck and you're just looking for somebody to throw you the, the life preserver so that you can actually survive, that's available. You can receive Jesus. You can have a new life if you're watching online and you've never even considered the fact that someone loves you enough to save you from the mess you're in that is available today. Or maybe you're just needing that fresh faith, that new revelation that's available today. Whatever revelation that the Holy Spirit is leading you in, you need to respond to it. So if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus today, Around here, we, we call that saying, I'm in. Saying, I, I'm all in in faith. I, I want to take my next step. I need somebody to show me where to go. And we've, we've got a website already set up for you, fv.church forward slash I am in. If you want to say, I'm in, head on over there right after service. Talk to them. Pray with them. Take a next step of faith. Be like those, those sailors who, who had to respond in faith to save their own lives. This is life and death. This is eternity. This is everything. This is the mission that Aaron was talking about. Before we go from here, I want to remind you, stay connected. You know, we, we don't have exactly the, the reasoning behind everything. We don't know exactly the way things are going to look in a few weeks, a few months, uh, let alone a few years. We, we, we know, though, that God is with us. We have a revelation that there is a call on our lives and we must accomplish the vision. Paul didn't know he'd end up in Malta. We don't know where we're going to end up, but we know who we're following and he know what he's calling us to do. So stay connected. Download the FV Church app. 
make sure you're signed up for notifications. Stay connected on social media so that you know exactly what's going on. And we look forward to the time we can be together again. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.